Good morning, Venture. Leave it to the youth pastor to drop a bomb before he starts to talk. Uh, but we just, you know, we're going to get in this conversation uh, through the day, but, you know, and we're going to have a good old school Bible study today as well, too. Uh, but we just want to have this conversation to get this uh, in our minds to be praying about that, you know, I, so I'm in my 23rd year of working with students and families, and actually next month makes number 24 I begin in. Uh, and in all the years that I've been doing this, I've never seen such a battle uh, for the next generation that we see today. Uh, I've never seen it. The intensity is unbelievable. Uh, just this past week, the things that I interacted and dealed with with kids, students, young adults, parents, families, unbelievable. Uh, a lot of tears were shed this week, uh, the situations that we're dealing with. Uh, just in the last month, uh, just driving around the neighborhood, I had in two public spaces uh, where I saw two ladies just have a complete nervous breakdown in public. Um, and it's almost becoming a common thing. And the enemy is doing a really good job of attacking us, uh, putting fear into us, making us weary, causing us to find comfort places uh, where we can kind of try to hide from things. Uh, people are turning to all types of vices, drugs and alcohol, and many other things. Uh, and the enemy is doing a really good job for us as Christians to put us in like this satanic lullaby where we just back away and we're not plugging into our intimate personal relationship with Christ that we're called to because our walk with God is the only thing that's going to keep our minds sound, amen? It's the only thing that's going to hold us together. And I just want to encourage us. We want to run to Jesus. We want to dive into Christ. And the title of the message today is Walking with Hope and Purpose. Uh, we're going to look at this book of Colossians and dive in. Uh, but before we get into this, uh, you know, this next generation, this battle, our next generation team, uh, you know, it's a blessing. So I'm the next gen pastor. I get to oversee everything from birth uh, to our young adults uh, and helping equip our parents uh, and come alongside of them because it's a real war out there. Uh, but Jesus has an incredible purpose for us. He has an incredible hope uh, for us to live under. And it takes all of us as believers to run to Jesus, to stand firm in him and hold on to the truth that the scripture holds. Uh, Romans 12.2 tells us that uh, God wants to renew our minds. Uh, I know uh, after COVID, that was a pretty wild time, Right. There was about six months uh, during the shutdown where my head felt like it was just spinning every day, like I can't focus. And I just kept praying Romans 12 too, God, renew my mind, renew my mind, strengthen my mind, sharpen my mind. And about six months later, I got that calm and I got that peace. But it takes us to really seek God out. It takes us to really run to him. And you know, our next generation, uh, our kids and our students and our young adults, uh, and I can't quote this. This has come from Aubrey. I can't steal her thunder. But Aubrey, our student director, said, you know, the, these kids and students are savvy, uh, tech, and also, have you noticed, like, for me, when I was a kid and a young adult, I never left the neighborhood. Uh, we got teenagers, like, going across the world all the time. Young adults are going everywhere. They have a spirit of adventure, and I think that's for a very specific design and reason. I think Jesus is, is raising up a generation that is savvy technology-wise, is able to travel because we really believe here, our next-gen team, that this next generation is gonna be the very generation that can reach the ends of the world for the gospel, that they can be the ones that can get to the last people group that's never heard about Jesus so that Jesus can return. Now, that's an amen to me. And we really believe this next generation, they could be it. 
They're really the ones. They're really the ones that can take the gospel everywhere. And that's why the enemy's coming so hard after them, coming so hard, because he knows if he can get in there and pull us away from Christ, he's gonna win another day. And I just wanna encourage us, it's time for we as a church, we beat the enemy to the punch for once, amen? Uh, 24 years of doing that, almost 24 years now, uh, I've seen the attack on parents, the breakdown of mom and dad, the breakdown of our young adults, our teenagers, our middle school, and now the enemy's coming hot for our children, our children, our little ones. And it's time we, we get to our knees and pray and say, we're gonna spend a decade. We're gonna take responsibility. This is the war of our day. And so we've gotta learn, uh, you know, Jesus did something for us over 2,000 years ago. We just celebrated, right? We had Easter, the resurrection power. He died for our sins so that we can have life. He gave us his gospel. And I'm gonna talk about the gospel a lot today. And the gospel is the life of Jesus, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, him sending us the Holy Spirit that's here today, and then us waiting for his return. And in the meantime, he wants to empower us. And so Paul is writing here, uh, in this, so we're gonna be in Colossians chapter one, and Paul's writing to the people of Colossae, and he's saying, we've gotta walk out our faith to the fullest. And so here's a little uh, intro of what's happened in Colossians. While Paul was in a prison in Rome, awaiting his upcoming trial before Caesar, one of the letters he wrote was to the gathering of believers in the city of Colossae. Paul had never met them, but they knew who he was and respected his leadership. Paul had worked with a man named Paphras when he was in Ephesus. Paphras was originally from Colossae, about 100 miles east. Paul sent him to bring good news about Jesus to his city. And this is what just is amazing to me. So Epaphras gets in trouble because he's sharing the gospel. Paul's already uh, in prison. He's waiting a trial for Caesar, before Caesar so he can share the gospel to Caesar. And so Paul and Epaphras, they reconnect up in prison and they have a church leadership meeting. Like this is kind of what Paul did. They, got the, they shared the gospel, they got put in prison and they had a board meeting uh, right there in prison. They, they got their strategic plans in place. And so they... Epaphras tells Paul about these people of Colossae, that they're faithful, they love the Lord, but there's challenges. Uh, the Jewish religion of the day is trying to add these uh, extra rules and regulations to Christianity. Uh, there's people having, they say, these special knowledge, special uh, divine revelation that God's giving them and adding things to the gospel. Uh, there's all these other ideas and philosophies going on. They're trying to add to the believers and Paul's writing this letter is, no, we stay to the gospel. If we have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that's all we need. The gospel is our truth. The Bible is our truth. That's what we stick to. Um, we, we anchor in on who Christ is and what he's done for us. And so this city is, is not a huge city of importance, but what makes them really special, they're, they're in the middle of a trade route. And so this church has the opportunity, the ability to share the gospel, to live it out in such a way that as people pass through and travel through, they can see what Christ is doing in their community. So they have an incredible opportunity. And Paul is just, uh, this is something that, you know, he wants them to know. When you've got Jesus, the Messiah, you've got it all. Amen? And that's the truth. So before we get into Colossians, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, as we watch that video, it, it reminds me that we are charged with the responsibility to raise these kids in the name of Jesus. We have a responsibility uh, to help the next generation live for you. And God, that starts on a day like this when we can just open up your Bible, we can read your scripture, 
and you can fill us with the hope of you, Jesus, so that we can have purpose to be a light to everybody. Uh, so that our neighbors, our friends, our family, our coworkers, our schools, everywhere we go. So this isn't just about our kids. This is about us living for you and us being a light to the world. So God, just be with us. And if we can live that life out, the next generation will follow. And so God, just be with us. Holy Spirit, speak today. Let you just have control this morning. And we ask that in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, so old school fashion Bible study. Here we go. All right, Colossians chapter one. We're gonna look at verses one through 14. And then in next section, 19 through 23, because you see the importance of what Christ has done for us and the power of the gospel. Um, so I'm gonna read the first two verses, just the intro, and we're just gonna start walking through this. Uh, so verse one. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brother and sister in Christ, grace and peace you from God our Father. So just, we see Paul, Paul's spiritual son is Timothy. Paul's poured into Timothy. He's trained them how to lead. Now we know that Paphras is coming in this lineage. They're being trained up. Uh, they're, they're having board meetings in prison. Uh, their strategic next move uh, in the cities to share the gospel in Christ. Uh, but we see even here, there, and we get to verse three in a second, but you see Paul is praying for the, for the people of God. Paul is in fever and prayer for people that he's working with, that he's writing letters to the churches. Um, and he sees, because he's heard from Paphras firsthand that the people of Colossae, they're faithful. They're faithful brothers and sisters. And I just kind of want us to take a deep breath here at Venture and friends and those watching us online. I, I just want us to think about that. Are we, does God see us as faithful brothers and sisters? Does God look at Venture? God look at our homes? God look at our communities? What we're doing at Leadership Outreach and go, there's my sons and daughters. And, and some days we get it right. And some days we struggle. But that's the beauty of what Christ did for us, that we can run to him. He forgives us of, us, of our sins. He redeems us. He lifts us up. It's a beautiful thing that God does for us. Let's go to verse three. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all of God's people. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard and the true message of the gospel that has come to you in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Paphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who has also told us of the love and the spirit. So just here in verse seven and eight, you, know, you, you see this reality that Paul is really raising up the next generation of leaders. He, he's really pouring into Paphras. He's helping him, and he sees that Paphras is a dear fellow servant. He's a faithful minister of Christ. We're all called to that as followers of God. We're all called to be faithful ministers. We're all called to be people that walk of hope and purpose. In today's day and age, we need hope. And our hope is in Jesus, the gospel. The hope is in Jesus because Jesus fills us with purpose. He fills us with, with his love so that we can go love others, that we can serve others, we can pray for others, we can encourage others. If we have the hope of Jesus, we can now live in purpose. And we can do things for the kingdom of God that radically transforms and changes people. And we can do that to the day that God calls us home and for eternity. That's the beauty of the gospel. And you see that you know, God's at work. They're faithful. They have love in the spirit. In verse eight, 
They have love in the spirit. The spirit of God is filling them, giving them purpose so they can love others. Because some days it's easy to love and some days it's hard to love if we're honest. And we need to press into this daily commitment with Jesus so that he can fill us so that we can love others and show them the power of Christ. Here in verse three, uh, back up a little bit, we, you see Paul, he's in prayer. He's praying. And we need to ask God to give us a culture of prayer. We need to ask God to give us a desire to talk to him, to listen to him, to pray for those around us. Uh, and everything that Paul's doing, his teachings, his writings, his patience in prison, uh, there's times where he's on house arrest, there's times where he's in shackles, there's times and all these different things are going on. He's steeped in prayer and that prayer gives him power to have a life of hope and purpose. Paul sees far beyond himself now. Paul sees that he's a steward of the gospel of Christ. And he keeps, he says gospel twice in here because he wants the people of Colossae do not get picked up and shallow philosophies, uh, religious practices, it doesn't even matter. I need you to get focused on Jesus Christ, his, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his, his empowerment of the Holy Spirit so that we can have life till eternity. That's what Paul's about. And he's laying his life out for it. It's all about sharing Jesus to others. It's all about empowering others through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and again, in verse five, they have this great, this great faith uh, love that springs from hope stored up in heaven about what you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. And then verse six, it talks about they're bearing fruit. The gospel is bearing fruit in them. The gospel is bearing fruit throughout the whole world. When we come to know Jesus, it can become contagious. But we have to continue to fight for a daily relationship with Christ where we just say, God, I need help. God, help me understand your scriptures. God, help me read it. God, help me come to church. It's easy to do something else on a Sunday morning, right? It's really easy. Uh, but it's a commitment we need to make because God loves us and he cares for us and he wants to empower us to help others. And the kids that are in this room and the kids that are in that classroom, they need to see adults that love Jesus. They really need to see it in this day and age. They need to see it and they're actually, they're looking for it. They're looking for it. They want it, they desire it because everything from the world is confusing. Everything of the world is lies. And the only hope that we have is Jesus. That's why we're seeing people mentally snap because there's no hope in this world. The only hope is Christ and Christ alone. And we live too much of a life where it's my Jesus plus this, Jesus plus this, Jesus plus my hobby, Jesus plus my career, Jesus plus my identity, Jesus plus my, my gender, Jesus plus, no, it's just Jesus. We need to let Jesus consume us and be our all in all. So out of everything I do as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, as a neighbor, that they just see Jesus, that Jesus empowers me to love my wife and my kids and to lead the students here at Venture and the kids and our team. It's Jesus in me that propels me to help this world, to help those around. It's not Jesus plus this. See, Jesus has called us to die to ourselves. Jesus has called us to pick up the cross, the will of the Father. When we put our faith in Jesus, we're born again. We're made new. The sinful things we need to ask God to cut off because it's not Jesus plus my sin. It's just Jesus. And Jesus has to be all-consuming, and we all need to pray for that. God, let me really lock into you and step in you and live in you and breathe in you and find my purpose in you. We all need it. And that's why Jesus went to the cross for us, so he can help us. We just need to surrender to him and say, I need help. There's nobody in this room that's perfect. 
But when we put our faith in Christ and we ask for forgiveness and we ask God to be with us, we're his kids. We're holy. Walk in that. We have a choice not to sin. We have a choice to say no to that. We have this choice in Christ. He empowers us through his spirit. Let's keep reading because you'll see how he empowers us. We'll pick up here in verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually to ask God to fill you with his knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. Anybody need endurance and patience today? About everybody I talk to. And the power of the Spirit does that for us. Putting our faith in Christ gives us the ability to be strengthened with his wisdom, his understanding, his knowledge, his empowerment. It's got to be in Jesus and Jesus alone, and he will take care of us because he knows it's hard. Paul knows it's hard. He's in prison. He's in prison having church board meetings to empower other brothers and sisters. He knows it's hard. But through Christ, we can have hope and joy no matter the circumstances, situation. In Christ, we can have wisdom and discernment through Christ. But we need to run to him. And before we make a decision, what does God want to do with this? Don't just make a decision. Run to Jesus in prayer first. Talk to other brothers and sisters in Christ that can give you good advice. But ultimately, run to God's word. We need to be here. The book of Colossians tells us how to live this out. It's all the advice is here that he empowers us with the spirit. It's a beautiful image. Let's keep going. And giving joyful thanks to the Father who's qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people, the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption for the forgiveness of our sins. We go back to the gospel, right? It's all about what Jesus has done for us. It's all about receiving him, believing in him, and asking him to live through us. He will empower us to do the difficult, the impossible things. Remember, what's, what's impossible for man is possible with God. He is the creator, creator of the universe. Pastor Fernando talked last week that everything was made by God, for God, and in all things. And if we run to him and recognize that he is a king supreme, he is our everything, he's gonna take care of us. If I just focus on my time with Jesus, he's gonna take care of everything that we do. And the things that we get caught up in sinfulness, he'll start giving us the courage to say no to it, the power to say no to it. But if my life is based in scripture, my life is based on Christ alone, he's got us. The decisions will flow, your future will flow, your today will take care of itself. Your parenting will be filled with God's wisdom and grace and understanding. Your wisdom to talk to your neighbors will come to help lead others to Jesus. It'll happen. And we're seeing that all over the place here at Venture. Yeah, we know that we've got a battle in front of us to reach this next generation. But in those kids' classes back there, I get to see kids put their faith in Christ. I see kids bring their friends that have never gone to church before, never heard the name of Jesus happening in our classrooms and our youth group. We are giving students Bibles. They, they don't know what that is. That's our day and age. We've got to wake up and get in this battle and be filled with the power of the Spirit and figure out how to reach our neighbors and how to reach these kids. Uh, we need children workers to come help us in the classroom just to bring a Bible to a kid. And, Here, I'll help you find Romans 12.8. 
that our students, our kids, they don't, we give them a Bible and you see, they don't know what they're doing. What is this? And we have to say, hey, we're in John 3.16. So it's John, not first, second, or third John. They're confused with that. And so, no, it's John. We help them there. And we go, you got to go for the big three of the chapter and the small 16. That's how we have to teach today. Because we're losing it. They're fading away. We're letting these kids fade away. Not on my watch, amen. We're not going to let that happen. And so we're seeing kids... God is calling kids to stir up their family to say, we got to go to church. I want to know about this Jesus. That's actually happening here. And then we see the family get saved because of it. We see kids for the first time hear about Jesus, and you should see them in the classroom. Their eyes just pop and light up. Uh, Youth group, I was in a group uh, with these young ladies, and one of them was back there running the slides for me. And we got to read a little bit of Psalm 139, talking about how wonderful, wonderfully we're made, that we're in God's image. He made us, he created us, he designed us. And I asked these girls, how much do you hear it? And they go, when we come here. Parents, tell your kids how valuable they are in the name of Jesus. Pray over them. Because the enemy's got an agenda for them. The enemy's got a message for them. This is where we as a church got to rise up and speak the love and joy of Christ. Let them know that they have a purpose. Let them know that God died for them for a reason and made them. They're not hearing it. They're not hearing it. We as a church have become silent. We've got to stop. We have the hope of the world in Jesus Christ that gives somebody with a mental issue peace and focus. I grew up with a mother who was paranoid schizophrenic, and I put my faith in Christ, and I began to pray for years, and God miraculously healed my mother. Church, where's our hope today? Do we believe that God can do the miraculous things that he did on Easter Sunday? We've got to get back to that reality that we pray, we have hope that God can change all things, that in the name of Jesus, he can bring peace. We had a young lady that was really struggling with stuff, and and was beginning to compl- uh, think about taking her own life. And she had a weapon, and she was doing something every day. And we noticed there was something not right, and we prayed for this young lady, and she opened up. And like that, it doesn't always happen just like that, but like that, Jesus filled her, gave her empowerment, renewed her mind, and no issues since. That's our Jesus. Sometimes, yeah, it's a battle. We got to fight. My whole childhood and teenage years was a battle. Today's a battle. There's things going on. But I know what Jesus can do. He's resurrection power. We packed this place on Easter to celebrate it. Now we as a church need to live it and speak the life of Jesus to people because they need it. We need it. Right here. We need it individually. We need to be told every day who I am in Christ because the world is trying to tear that apart. He's trying to destroy our identity. He's trying to take hold of us, and he is. But we, the war's already won. Jesus has already won this battle. All right, let's keep going. And so we know that, uh, verse 13, right? This is, the, this is a joy. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He's brought us from death to light. He brings us from darkness to his kingdom. Jesus is the answer today. I, I'm like, it's hard. It's a struggle. It's a battle. It really is a heavy war going on. But Jesus is the hope. 
and I know it, so I got to share it. I'm excited to sit down with somebody who's kind of going through a struggle and a battle because I've got the hope of Christ. I know what he can do. He showed up in my life. I don't need him to show up anymore. I already know what he can do. I already trust him. I know he'll be there and he's going to walk me through because he's given me his hope so that I can have purpose. We need to be people of hope and purpose. All right, our last text, a section here, scripture, verse 19. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in the sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard. Here we go, the gospel, right? You heard that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and on which I, Paul, become a servant. Venture, we need us to become a servant of Christ. We just simply need to be a servant of Christ. We just need to simply every day say, Christ, fill me, control me, guide me, put me in places to help and love others. Uh, for our note takers, just, uh, just kind of walk through, and I got to wrap up because time is running really fast. This is what happens when your lead pastor's not here to keep you in check. Um, <laughs> but uh, just this point one, uh, as we've read this, we've walked through this, just kind of let this sink in your head. Walking with hope and purpose comes through prayer. Walking with hope and purpose comes through prayer. Paul modeled this for us in prayer, prayer for the people, prayer for his brothers and sisters, prayer for the world to know about him. Two, Christ empowers us to walk a life of hope and purpose. So if we're gonna live this hope, this life of hope and purpose, it starts in prayer, and then we've gotta walk it, and it's Christ who empowers us. It's not vices of the world, it's Christ. It's time spent with Christ. And number three, continuing to walk a life of hope and purpose we must remember what Christ has done for us. We just walked through that. The gospel, Christ on the cross, Christ's resurrection, the blood that he shed for us to have forgiveness of sins and to have life in him. And if you're sitting in here today and you feel the guilt of sin and past decisions, take a deep breath and just ask the king to forgive you, amen? He wants to take that load, that weight off of you. Sin creates that heaviness, right? And Jesus can just take it off. Just ask him to forgive you. Ask him to help you. He loves you. He doesn't turn his back. Amanda in worship talked about Jesus is the same God as he always was. And he loves you. He died for you. He made you. He cares for you so much. Just run to him. Let him, let him forgive you. Let him bring healing to your minds and to your body. He loves you. He has purpose for you. The enemy does a great job of saying we're not good enough. Well, part of it's right. We're not. But it's Christ that makes us good enough. Amen. It's Christ's grace, his gift to us. And just kind of a, a call to action here, uh, how to walk with hope and purpose. Um, we gotta get with Christ through prayer daily. You know, there's some repetition here because I want us to get it. We have to get with Christ through prayer daily. My note takers, this is your time to excel. Um, just get with Christ through prayer daily. We got, we, there's no excuses. And it might all be different. Maybe for us, we pray in the car ride. Maybe it's on the walk. Maybe it's in our closet. Uh, may, wherever. Just talk to him. Start. Talk to him. Uh, number two, we grow with Christ by reading the Bible daily and coming to church. No, I don't want to hear it. 
Going into my 24th year, I always hear people say, I don't have time. Come on, let me see the screen time on your phone and tell me that you don't have time to read scripture. Because Jesus is everything. He is our hope. He's our eternity. He's the hope that gives us purpose. No more excuses. This next generation, they need people that read scripture and pray. They need adults, young adults, teenagers. This is incredible. That video talked about, we, we are disciples now. They are. Our students are bringing their friends, and their friends are putting their faith in Christ. Our students are helping their friends open up a Bible and show them how to read it. They're doing it. Let's just get more involved and come alongside of them and help them. And number three, we need to go with Christ by serving and sharing Christ to others. If you feel like your faith is dead, I have a feeling you're not serving anywhere, that you're not on a mission to share Jesus to your neighbor. When we start to pray, we start to read, and we start to serve, it's gonna come alive. You're gonna know Jesus is with you. And sometimes you might not feel him, but you get in a conversation, you get in a moment to pray, and you get to serve somebody, it's incredible stuff. And just encourage, if we sit around, yeah, you're gonna feel dead. But if we get involved and we go reach and love on people, you're gonna come alive. But we can't have excuses anymore. The enemy's picking off this next generation, and I've had it, enough's enough. And I need a church to come with me to go fight this fight. And we have the power of Christ to do it. So it's not in any of our strengths. We have Christ to do it. I'm so tired of hearing so many students that have these mental issues. They're having mental, uh, enough. We have the hope of the world. We have Jesus. It's time to get involved. It's time to pray like we've never prayed before. And so, yeah, I gotta talk about the video real quick. And we're gonna have fun. We have a child dedication today. We have a pre-child dedication to our Mother's Day child dedication uh, we have this awesome family from London, uh, Grandma. You talk about the faith, the hope the, of our families. Grandma has got her kids here so that she can see her granddaughter uh, dedicated. That's what it's about, right? That's reaching the next generation. That's getting into the game and seeing what God can do. Uh, but I do have a little challenge. So the video is for a purpose, all right? Um, and we've talked enough already, but I just want to encourage you, listen, our student ministry is going well. Our young adults is going well. Our kids' ministry is going well. But in our kids' ministry, we have uh, three classrooms. We need classroom four, and we need classroom five. And we need people to volunteer to get into the classrooms so that we can reach the next generation. They're sitting there. They're waiting for you to get involved. And I'll help you. We, just need, we don't need teachers. We just need people to come in there and sit and give a kid a high five. And some of these kids even like beach balls thrown at them. I mean, how do you beat that? And we're just asking for people to give a child a Bible and help them find Romans 12. Billy Graham needed a Sunday school teacher. Wouldn't you want to be a part of that legacy? There's spiritual giants sitting in this room and in those classrooms. There's spiritual giants awaiting for someone to help them so they can reach the final person that needs to hear about Jesus before he returns. Amen? They're waiting. Hey, we can get close to 600 people here on Easter and Christmas. Come on, I can get eight to 12 people to help me out on a Sunday morning, right? And we'll help you and train you because it matters. It's worth it. It's, we gotta get in this game and we gotta do it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just, uh, we're so grateful for who you are. We're so grateful for your love. God, I just pray as maybe some of us are moved to serve and it doesn't just have to be kids ministry the mobile market coming is gonna be amazing and that's gonna bring in more kids. God, we need kids workers bad.
Priscilla's doing an amazing job in there, God, but we just need more help. The more help, the more kids we can reach. The more kids we can reach, the generation will be saved. God, you'll raise them up to be disciples, to be used and moved in this world. So God, I pray that you just be with us, be with our time as we finish out with a beautiful child dedication and just your hand upon us as we finish in worship. And God, if any of us are feeling called, just move in our hearts, let us begin to pray. And we just ask that in your name, Jesus, amen.